Go ahead and turn to John 15. We're going to touch on some things about uh, Jesus teaching on the vine and the branches tonight. I just want to encourage you tonight. That's, that's my goal. Back in the 80s, I don't know if it's still on, before that, it, it was on for years. It was an old radio show where they just read the Bible out of the King James. They always started the radio show off with uh, Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. But Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2 say, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were born or you gave birth to the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. I love that. I always liked the beginning of the radio show the best. It was my favorite part. But see, it says there, did you notice that? It says that he's our dwelling place. Another uh, way that's used in the Hebrew is he's our hiding place or our refuge. And, and so if you're in John 15, we'll start with, we'll start with verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Look at verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Uh, the New International Version uh, verse 4 says this. It says, instead of abide in me, it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. I like that better just because remain in me says more to me. Abide is a word we don't say much in English language. We read it in the Bible. But remain in me, stay in me, stay with me, stay hooked up to me. That one we understand, okay? So I, uh, back in the 80s, I, I worked with the bus ministry and headed it up for, for a while. And on one particular week, that was our memory verse. And uh, one of my, my bus captains, when their bus got back, I could hear the kids chanting. It was really funny. They were chanting, remain in me and I will remain in you. I mean, they chanted it all the way into the church. And, and you know what I thought? You know, if they're getting a hold of that, that works. I never forgot it, and that was like in the 80s, so that was a long time ago. I remembered it. I bet some of those kids remember that. But you know what? Jesus promised he'd stay with us. You know, what, what's he talking about? We started off with, you, God, you've been our dwelling place for generations. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. The vine and the branches, you know? I, I, uh, my my sister-in-law, you guys can put that picture up. My sister-in-law in Kansas City lives near a vineyard. And uh, in the winter, a vineyard, uh, if you've ever seen a vineyard in the winter, looks like that. Do you see that? There's some vines there. They go straight up. You see any branches? Not a branch. But now in the summertime, it's a whole different story. You can't even see. It looks like it's pretty much covered the whole thing. You can't see anything, all right? But, but, but see, Jesus said he's the vine. And the branches that stay connected to him 
Now see, that just looks like a bunch of sticks in a field that's pretty much worthless and dead. But see, that isn't how that is. See, Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. So if we just stay connected to him, so that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about connection. Now think about this. He's talking about focus when it comes to us. Okay, we're actually not branches. You understand that. We're people, right? But we're connected to him. We'll get to some verses that say that. But, but staying, abiding in the vine, remaining in the vine has to do with our focus. It has to do with our connection. It has to do with us doing what we're supposed to do. It has to do with us staying put when we're supposed to stay put and not wandering off. It has to do with us having a willing heart. Remain in me and I will remain in you. It, it has to do with an electric plug, like we're an electric plug connected to the source of power. My, my wife occasionally uses a hair dryer. The hair dryer doesn't do any good laying in the drawer. But if you plug it in, something can happen. Staying connected has to do with our growth and bearing fruit. And, and remember, Jesus didn't compare us to fruit. He compared us to branches, right? The fruit comes off the branches. It doesn't come off the vine. It comes off the branches because he's our life source. You know, we have a, we have a crab apple tree in our, our backyard. And if you were to see it right now, it looks pretty good because there are no leaves on it. However, if you were to look at it in the spring, you would see that only about half the branches actually have leaves on them. Some of the branches have disconnected from the trunk and they don't have any leaves on them, and needless to say, they don't have any crab apples on them either, which isn't entirely bad because those are annoying in the yard. But if you have a crab apple tree, you know what I mean, all right? But the point is, is that the, the branches on that tree have lost their vital connection to the trunk. But a branch that stays vitally connection, according to Jesus, do you think he knew what he was talking about? I think he did. He said, if, if the vine, if the branch stays connected, it's going to produce fruit, okay? So if you'll just stay connected to him, you're going to start producing fruit, but you have to stay connected, all right? You know, our, our connection part, that part of the connection, do you know something? It, that part is on us, not on him, all right? You know this verse, so you don't have to look it up, but Revelation 3.20, anybody know what that says? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The vine is knocking at the branch's door. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Do you see whose job is it to open the door? He's knocking, it's our job to open the door. So, so the vine's connection to the branch, he'll do, if, but we have to stay connected. Okay, we have to make that choice. We have to choose to follow him. We have to choose to obey him. We have to choose to plug in the plug, so to speak, and stay connected to him, all right? All right, so, you know, Psalm 91, you can turn there. It's one of my favorites. It, I've had my kids in church, children's church memorize it uh, over the years. I've had lots of kids memorize that because it's a psalm about safety and, uh, and, and it's uh, about long life. It's about blessing. Isn't that right? And it's entirely conditional. And I, I hate to, hate to give, be the bearer of bad news in an encouraging message, but, but it's entirely conditional. Read the very, very first verse of Psalm 91. It says, it says what? He who dwells 
in the secret place of the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Well, that's kind of like, you know, Jesus saying the branch that stays connected to the vine will produce fruit. He who dwells in the secret place of the shadow of the Almighty will be safe. But if you choose not to dwell there, you're not going to be safe. Do you understand? It's entirely conditional and it's not up to God. You see that part, right? It's entirely up to us whether we stay connected to him and we stay focused on him. All right. So so um, we're not going to read the whole thing. But verse skipping down to verse nine, it says, for you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. See? You know, God just, he wants that vital relationship with you. And, and, and I think growing up, you know, we, we, you know, we were taught at church, you know, have your quiet time, you know. And that was just, to me, that was like, well, okay. You know, I wanted to do it, but, but that was work, you know. And read your chapter every day. Well, you know, when I was really young, that was like, wow, that's a lot to read. You know, now it's kind of like, Sometimes I get reading. Like last night, I got reading, realized I didn't know how many chapters I'd read. I just kept reading because it was interesting, and I just kept going and going. But, you know, when you're a kid, that's like, wow, overwhelming. And it may be overwhelming to you at the moment. I don't know. But, but uh, I have one relative who's not a very good reader, so, so reading a chapter a day is, is, is more of an effort. But, but you know, God, God wants that relationship. My, my wife, I can talk about her. She, she won't shoot me if I do that. But, but, but she, she loves to talk to the Lord. She talks to him all the time. Now, I, we don't take hours and hours and pray very often. We don't take long periods of time and pray very often, but we talk to God all the time. I talk to him in the car. I talk to him while I'm working. I'm, I talk to him, you know, when I'm cleaning up the yard. I talk to him all the time because I'm connected all right, and I, and, I, and I stay connected, all right? You know, there's so many people that, that they're so, they have such a wrong picture of God, all right? You know, the, the, the word says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. You know, they don't know what he's like. They don't know what he, who he is. So they're scared of him, and they're like, yeah, he's just judgmental and critical. He's not that way at all. He, he loves you, but you got to stay connected, and you got to get to know him, and the more you get to know him, the more you're going to love him. But but it's part of it's start of you know it's part of being connected. You know Jesus, Jesus stayed connected to the Father. You know he talked about it all the time. I and you and you and me and you know what I mean. You know he talked about it all the time. And and you know when the enemy came to tempt him in in Matthew chapter four, you don't have to turn there, but in Matthew chapter four, you know the the enemy used Psalm ninety one. He quoted Psalm ninety one to Jesus. And he, and he said to him, you know, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it's written out of Psalm 91. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up so you will not strike your foot against a stone. That Jesus had made the most high his dwelling place. So he shot down the stupid ideas of the devil with the word of God. Said, no, you don't, you don't put the... You don't put the Lord your God to the test, right? But, but, but we, have to, we have to stay connected. Yeah, but I'm tired. Yeah, he knows. I'm busy. He knows. We get sin conscious, and we don't want to talk to him. You know, have you ever, have you ever offended somebody, and, or, or they're offended by something you did, and, and then you see them, 
And, and then you're like, uh, maybe I'll go in this door. <laughs> maybe I'll sit over on this side of the church instead of this side of the church. A friend of mine, was, there was a person that he was looking for, and, and he could see her a long ways off, and she saw him and ducked you know, the other way. But that's what we do to God, okay? If we're sin conscious, we messed up, we did something wrong, we do that to God. We're like, okay, I don't really want to talk to God. I don't really want to read the Bible. No, 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 no. Pastor says this all the time. If you mess up, don't run away from him. Run to him. Run to him. Turn to Psalm 27. (laughs) David just loved God. Did you notice that in the Psalms? He just loved God. He loved He loved. Being with God, he was the lucky one of the kids who got to be out with the sheep by himself. And, and so he just worshiped the Lord and he wrote psalms and he played the harp and did practice his slingshot. Good thing he did that. And, uh, you know, practiced killing lions and bears or whatever else came against the sheep. You know, he just practiced being a steward and faithful, rain or shine, heat or cold. He was out there. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing. See, life's not supposed to be so complicated, guys. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Does that mean that you need to move into the church building? No, please don't. Do not do, not do that. No, 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 no. You are the church building, okay? You are the temple in the New Testament. You are the temple. David didn't move into the church building either, into the tabernacle at that time. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? So, so, so David, all he was saying is, one thing I've desired of the Lord, I can just hang out with him. That's what, he, that's what he was saying. He just wanted to be with God. He just, you know, you know when you met that person that you married, did, did you notice you just wanted to be with him? You just wanted to spend time with him? You were disappointed when, if, 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 you, weren't mar- or if you weren't married yet and you had to go home, you were disappointed. You didn't want to go. And so you'd stay too late. And the next day you're both tired and you say, we can't keep doing this. And then you do it anyway because, because you just enjoy being together and you can't wait to be with that person. See, see, if you get to know God, you're going to be hungry for God just like that. He's not beating you up and, and saying, okay, from 7.28 to 8.28, every night you have to pray and read the Bible. No, see, he's not doing that, okay? He just wants you to come and hang out. You know, he just wants you to talk to him like my wife does, just talk to him all the time and whenever and wherever, and, and, and that's, that's what he wants. See, he, he's not up there with a the club. He just likes you. He, he just loves you. So, so he wants to do with you, see, because Jesus made a way that we could have fellowship with the Father again. So he wants to do with you what he did with Adam and Eve and just come out and hang out and go for a walk and talk. See, that, that's what he wants. But see, we are like, well, it's God. I don't know. You know, and we get all, we back off and we don't know. And, and I don't know if he really loves me and and so we start asking a lot of questions, and we're not sure what's going on. But see, see, David got it, though. One thing, 
I get it. That's what I want. I just want to hang out with the Lord. All right. So, so uh, back to Psalm 27. Um, verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up upon a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. It's actually literally in the Hebrew, sacrifices of shouting. David got excited. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. You know, God lifted him up on a rock. He lifted him up above his enemies. You understand that in a battle, the, the, the hilltop is the position of power. They can see you better from up there and shoot you if you're coming up the hill. The, the, the bad position to be is when you're down. But if you're on the top, you're in the position of power. See, that's what God will do to you. He'll lift you up. Now, now let's go back and look at that again. Verse 5, For in the day of trouble he will conceal me as tabernacle, and the secret place of his tent he will hide me. He, you see who's doing the lifting here? He will lift me up on a rock, in verse 6, and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies. See, he's going to lift you up. He's the one who does the lifting. Just a little side note here. Psalm 75, verse 6 says that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. Verse 7, but God is the judge or the decision maker. He's the one who promotes. You know, years ago, uh, when I was first a children's pastor, I was a children's pastor. Actually, before I went to Bible school, and I went down to Bible school, and, and, I, and I just kind of laid real low. But, but see, God didn't, he, he had something he wanted me to do down there, but I didn't know that. But, you know, you just, if you just stay open and stay connected, he's going to get you where he wants you. Do you understand that? Yeah, but that took, but I've been waiting a really long time. Yeah, I can tell you. Sometimes it feels like a really long time, but you just have to be patient. That's a bad word, I know. No one likes to hear the word patient. But you still have to be patient. So, but, but I, I got down to Oklahoma. Didn't know I was going to be on staff someday. Didn't know I was going to be the children's pastor down there someday. Didn't know any of that. But, but, but I... I saw that they were looking for classroom assistants, so I signed up to be the, the bottom of the totem pole in the fifth grade classroom, and then I saw an ad that said they were looking for somebody to write skits, and I was like, well, I've written skits, I could, write, I could do that. So then I did that, and the next thing I knew, I was the director of the children's church, and then down the road, then I was children, you know, but, but, but see, God did all that. I didn't do anything except be willing to show up. That's all I did. I, I didn't promote myself. Now, I watch people promote themselves. And, and you know what? Those people just disappear, and they, they, don't, they don't make it because they're, they're, uh, their heart isn't right. See, but if you'll just connect to the vine, you'll just remain in him and let him do the work, he's going to lift you up above your enemies. He's going to promote you. He's going to take you where your heart says you want to be, but you know what? You don't worry about that. You just let him do it, all right? You know, we, we would get people down there who, you know, bless their hearts. You know, they're, they're, they're just not thinking clearly about stuff, but they'd come down to Raymond, and, and they'd be mad. They'd, they'd call the pastor up and say, I was a teacher 
or I was this or that at my church, I want you to give me a teaching position here. Well, he'd be like, I don't know you. I'm not going to do that. Of course he's not going to do that. That would be foolishness. That unless the Lord told you to do something, of course you're not going to do that. You know, you're not going to do that. No, no, but, but you're, you know, all you have to do is you just stay connected. You show up, you, you know, put your hand to do whatever needs to be done. Paul wrote in one of his letters, my people should be about meeting pressing needs. You know what? If you just start meeting people's needs, see you're giving God something to work with and he can get you where he wants you to be. He can promote you. But, but you know, I, I watched a guy, he lived across the parking lot from me. He was, a, a, I'm ashamed to say, he was a fellow Bible school student. And uh, he, he said, you know, I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna sit at home and, and, and believe that God's going to show me what to do. He didn't work. He didn't, uh, he let his wife work, and he sat at home. Okay. And, and if they'd given us tons and tons of reading to do, that might have been, you know, necessary, but they didn't. And, and there, there, but, you know, he didn't get involved. He didn't go to anything. He didn't even, he didn't even really go to church. He just went to class and he was waiting for God to tell him to do something. You know, you hear the old saying, you know, you, you know, something about a parked car. You know, you can't steer a parked car, right? Well, you know, that's true. In God, you know, you don't just, all right, well, I'm going to detach from God. I'm a little branch. I'm going to go lay over here in the shade. And if God wants to reconnect me, he can do that. See, that's not how that works. See, you just got to stay connected and just do whatever, and then if that's not where he wants you, he'll move you. He'll promote you. He'll get you where, he, he'll get you where you want, he wants you to be, you know? David was so unimportant in the family that, that when they had a big banquet with the prophet, they didn't even invite him. Think about it. Ah, little David, you stay with the sheep. We're going to dinner with the prophet. So Samuel's like... Uh, not that one, not that one, you know, because God said anoint one of his sons king. Not that one, not that one, not that one, not however many there were, eight, nine of them, I don't know. He gets to the end, and it's still not that one. He's like, okay, I told you to bring all your sons. Do you have another son? Well, yeah, David's out there with a the sheep. <laughs> Samuel's like, we're not starting till he gets here. See, promotion doesn't come from where you think it does. It doesn't come by, you know, you know, getting to know the pastor and hanging out with the pastor and, and uh, you know, I, I got to have a position and, and, and I'm going to give them a lot of money and make sure they know it was me. And you know what I mean? People do crazy stuff, but that isn't how promotion comes ever. <laughs> I got an amen. All right. All right. <laughs> Okay, we're still, we're still talking about remaining in him, abiding in him, dwelling in him, all right? Hang with me here. Um, Psalm 37.5 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You know, we just stay with him. Just stay connected. Just remain with him. You know, things might look bad. Things might look like, Lord, I don't know how we're going to make this work. You know, you just hang with him. Just start saying what you need to say. Give him something to work with. Give him, give him words to work with. Give him faith to work with. And, and, you know, the Bible says that God gets excited about faith. 
He was so excited about Abraham's faith. The Bible says, what did he do? He credited it to him as righteousness. He was like, he was so excited that somebody trusted him and believed him. You be that somebody. You be that somebody. You stay connected and you keep trusting him, all right? Proverbs 18.10. I know I'm, I'm reading some of these fast, so just write them down, okay? But, but Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And they are safe. Literally in the Hebrew, that, that says they are set on high. Again, we're up above the enemies. We're up above everybody around us. God set us up on a rock, you know? That's that promotion. That's that honoring us because we trust in him. As we honor him, he honors us. All right? And, and, and again, that works that direction, okay? We have to make a step. We have to take a step. We have to open that door to fellowship with him. And, and we have to take steps to honor him. How do we honor him? By doing what he said. We honor him by obeying his word. Um, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. You know, we, 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 we talk about the love of God, and, and, and I, I think uh, the ladies were talking about the love of God last Saturday. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we, yeah, we've heard about the love of God. No, no, the, we, we just don't want to hear about the love of God. We've got to experience the love of God. All right? Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, now think about that for a minute. He loved us, us. He loved you. Point at yourself. He loved me when I was steeped in transgression. So then, so the devil comes along, you know, when after we are saved and we're Christians now and we make a mistake and the devil comes and says, now God doesn't love you, you screwed up. Now think about that for a minute. You know, he loved you so much when you were in the middle of all of your sin, that he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to help you and to save you. Do you really think that he's just going to give up on you because you messed up? No, no, that's not what the word says. The word's not, you know, he's not like that. All right, so, all right, verse 5. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You see, we're not just theoretically connected to him like a vine in the branches, okay? You know, it says here that he raised us up and seated us with himself in heavenly places. Do you see that? It doesn't say that he's going to seat us there someday when we die and we're in heaven. It doesn't say that. It says in, in God's eyes, we are part of Christ and we are seated right there with him right now. Now, see, see, we have that connection, but we have to, as we grow in the Lord, we have to become more and more aware of it. See, God wants you more and more spirit conscious, not less spirit conscious. You know, uh, uh, you know the, Brother Hagin used to say this, that spiritual things were more real to him than natural things or physical things. I, I don't think that's true of me, but, but that is a great place to be. That's a great goal to have. Do that. 
All right, get so conscious of God that, you know, that we used to sing the hymn, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's absolutely true. You want to walk that out. The more you get to know him, the more you're going to see. But, but you know, Paul, Paul speaking to, to on Mars Hill when he was there and he was seeing all the idols' temples, you know, he said, you know, he said that, that people, you know, God started to reveal himself so that people could find him. And, and then Paul said, but he's actually not far away from us at all for, and then it says, for in him, we know this verse, in him we live and move and have our being. Now think about that. We think about Jesus being in our hearts, right? But, but that verse, look at it. It's not there. She'll get there. Let's see here. Uh, I didn't tell you probably Acts 17, so it's my fault. But, but uh, it's Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. See, see in God's eyes, we're in him. We're seated with Jesus. We're in Jesus, in Christ, seated with him in the heavenly places. Isn't that right? So, so, so it, us and him, him and us, you know, Jesus said that about the Father. He goes, he and me and I and him. And I, you know, so, so it, it sounds confusing, but it really isn't confusing because don't you see, our lives are expressed within him. We're together with him. He made us a part of himself, a part of his body. I mean, we know that he's the head, we're the body, but we're all part of him. And, and that's how he sees us. So the, the 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 6, 17 says, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is one in spirit with him. Do you see that? You know, that's why Paul, when he was talking about marriage, he goes, well, but I'm talking about Christ and the church because they're one flesh. They're one being because the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. See, we're, we're connected with him. So the vine and the branches, if we just stay connected with him, if we just stay with him, if we keep seeking him, because what's going to happen if we seek him? What are we going to do? We're going to find him. If we knock, right. And the truth is he's knocking, trying to get to us. So if you'll just cooperate and open the door, see, and just hang out with him. Just hang out with him. Just listen to him. Just obey what he says. Just do what his word says. You know, sometimes we make it really, really hard. You know, um, can you put up uh, 2 Timothy chapter and this is a statement Paul was talking to Timothy and, and you know, you know he, he, he said to him in, in a previous verse, he said, this is a trustworthy statement. But, but 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says, now look at this. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Now look at why. Because he cannot deny himself. See, your life is expressed inside of him. You are with him. You're one with him. It says we're one with him in spirit. Doesn't it say that? We just read that, right? I just read that to you, rather. Didn't I? So, so he says here, if we're faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. See, he looks at you as part of him. See, we, we, when we receive him, as we say it, we receive him. See, there's just as much of him receiving us. It's just... This whole him and us and us and him and us and the Father and he and the Father. You know, but, but the point is, is that we're a part of him. We're seated with him. And, and he sees us that way. You know, um, 
Turn to, uh, to Ephesians chapter 3. If we could ever get a hold of the love of God like he wants us to, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, we talk about sharing our faith and people just start feeling, you know, they kind of cower back. It's like, I don't know what to say. But, or, or they get nervous or feel guilty because they haven't shared their faith with somebody maybe that they think they should have, right? But, but, but if we could get a hold of the love of God and, and get connected with the love of God that he, he, you know, the Bible says that he shed his love abroad in our hearts. If we could just connect with that and we'd actually just start getting to know him and getting to know his love for us, it wouldn't be work for us to share our faith with anybody. You would, you would just want to tell everybody you saw that, you know, and that might not be wisdom at every moment of every day. But you know what? God will give you open doors to share, all right? But in Ephesians chapter 3, <clears throat> verse, let's start with verse 14. This is one of the second prayer that Paul prays in the book of Ephesians. And he says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. Think about that. We're, we're part of the Father. He gave us his name. That he would grant you, verse 16, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up, look at that, filled up to all the fullness of God. <laughs> okay, if that doesn't boggle your mind, you're not reading it and you're not understanding it because, because he says that, that we haven't, he goes, once we start getting a hold of that love of God, we're, we're going to, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and, and, and we're going to start seeing that God is infinitely bigger than even we imagined, and that his love for us is infinitely more than we ever thought, and, and that we're going to, and it says there, it says, and filled up with all the fullness of God. Now, I want you to, I mean, that is probably more than we can grasp. It's like trying to think about forever, you know, or, you know, you start trying to get that in your head and it starts doing weird things in your brain. But, but so don't do that. But, but, <clears throat> but God, I mean, I mean, in his, his fullness, you know, he, he wants us. He made us. He wanted fellowship. He made Adam and Eve so he could have people to fellowship with. He made us, he blessed us and made us in his own image. He made us eternal spirits, all right? And it's just the taste, and it's just a fraction of we know this much. And, and God wants you to get to the place where you're filled with all the fullness of God. That is his plan. And all we have to do is stay connected. My mom planted a squash plant, and, uh, and I, I, I saw the plant in the garden. I thought, this stupid thing's not growing. You know, some of the other ones had squash on them. This one did not, and I thought, you know, this thing should just be dug up and thrown out. But uh, I don't remember why I had to go over to the neighbor's house. I, I wasn't living there. I was just visiting my parents. I think I was in Oklahoma when this happened, but I was home, and anyway, I, I, I walked over to the neighbor's house to maybe talk to the neighbor or something. And I, I was like, what is that in his yard? 
the, the squash plant had shot under the fence. And if you looked at the, the, his yard, this vine went way across and there was squash, 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 squash all the way across his yard. <laughs> see, you can't see, you can't see in the spirit what God's doing in you. And you certainly can't see in the spirit what is God's doing in anybody else. I have no idea what God's doing in Sam, but I know God's doing something here. All right. She's been following God. She's making every effort to follow his plan and his steps for her life. All right. And sometimes it's challenging. But, but you know what? I can't see the fruit there, but, but God knows. Same thing with you, you know? And, and that's why, you know, that's why he, he said, you know, walk in love with each other, even as he loves us, okay? Because, because you know, you may irritate me in some way or something, you know? I, I, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was driving to uh, church one one day and and somebody didn't see me and they pulled out in front of me and then I and then and then I found out when I got here it was somebody who goes to our church and they came running up to me I was a little irritated by it, but uh, but they did cut me I mean they didn't mean to cut me you know they didn't see me but but the point is as they came running up to me and apologized you know but but we can rub each other the wrong way but see here's the deal I, I don't know what's going on in your life and you don't know what's going on in my life but you know what but as fellow believers we, we just got to trust that God's at work and doing what he said because he is all about filling Tammy with all the fullness of God that's his plan and he is all about every single one of us. He wants to fill you with all the fullness of God. What does that mean? I have no idea, but it can't be bad. It's got to be really, really amazing. Amen. You know, David, David wrote in, uh, in uh, Psalm 103, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, and forget not all of his benefits. See, there's benefits of staying connected to the vine. And then he starts listing them off. Who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things. Does that sound good? Yep. All right, all you have to do is stay connected here, folks. Yep. Satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He performs righteous deeds and judgments for all the oppressed. That doesn't mean he's going to judge the oppressed. That means he's going to judge those who are oppressing you. But, but see, see and, and it says he's going to make known his ways and his deeds in your life. He's going to be at work. See, there's no end to it. And it's going to take all of eternity for us to get a hold of it and figure out what he's doing. But you know what? We know he has benefits. We know he's at work in our lives. We know he's at work in the people around us, right? You know, so, so how does staying connected affect us? How should we act because we're connected? Well, we're people of faith. We're promised strength and peace and angels and wisdom and all these things that God says are ours. He's given us authority over the devil. The Bible says, resist him and he will flee from us. And you know what? We have our victorious captain, Jesus, leading us the way into victory. All right. So let's just follow him. God's leading the way. All right. The, the vine, you understand, is what gives nutrients to the branches. You understand that, right? We're in him. 
See, the enemy knows you're in him, that he's in you, that you're a formidable force, and that, that if you stand your ground, he's defeated. He knows that. Now, he, he even tried to tempt Jesus, though. So if you think he, he's going to leave you alone, you're wrong. He's not going to leave you alone. I, 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 I don't tell this often, but, but I... I, I <clears throat> I uh, walked into a room with a, there was a demon-possessed person in this room. And um, I mean, they were about this tall and they had the strength. There were 12 people trying to hold this person down and they couldn't do it. 12 grown men trying to hold this person down. And when I walked in the room, that person, the, this, this person who was on the floor, spun their head around at me and said in a voice that I would have rather not heard, I don't like you. <laughs> Singled me out of a room full of 25 people. Well, it wasn't me. You understand that. It was the Christ in me. He didn't like that. Didn't want that guy showing up. We don't want that person here. You understand. But see, see the, the, the Bible says that the enemy will flee in terror from you. Why is that? Because you are in him and he is in you and you are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ and you are growing in him and you're developing in him and you're getting the fullness of God in you and of course he's terrified of you. He should be. So stand your ground because you're hooked up. You're hooked up with a victorious one. You're hooked up with our captain, our leader, and our God. So stay hooked up. And don't fear anything that comes. Just start dealing with it, all right? You know, uh, Romans tells us that we are to reign in life. What does that mean? That means that as stuff comes to us, we, what do we do? Well, if any of you is in trouble, James says, what should you do? Pray. If anyone's in trouble, he should pray. We should start praying. If something's happening, something's facing us in life, we start praying. I met with somebody earlier today. They're facing some trouble in their lives. What do we do? Well, if we don't know the answer, we don't know how to fix it, we start praying, all right? God knows the answer. Do you think he's forgotten how to fix things? No. Do you think this is the one problem that's too big for God to handle? No. You don't have the one problem that's too big for God to handle either. You know, he, he's been doing this all of his career as God. He has been solving problems for people who trust him and believe in him. So, and you are connected to him. You are found in Christ. In him, you live and move and have your being. He knows who you are, and he's ready to help. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says you have not because you ask not. So we got to get in there, and we got to start asking. We got to start reaching out and taking hold of things and reigning in life as he told us to. Because, because he doesn't want us to be shy. In Hebrews, it says to come boldly, not come meekly. God, you know, I'm a worm and I don't deserve anything that you. I, I mean, you come to him that way, but, but he's going to be wondering why you're doing that. Because he said to come boldly. Well, why? Because he already put you in Christ. He already made you part of the family. You know, I, it's just like you hear people say, you know, when, when I go to my mom and dad's house, I don't ask permission to get in the refrigerator. I just open it up, you know, mom got any of those cookies I like in there? She often did. It was a good place to check. 
went from the refrigerator to the oven when, when they were in their house and checked the oven to see if there was anything in there because sometimes there was chocolate cake in there. She also made rhubarb cake. It was really good stuff, but that's, that's not the point. Anyway, <laughs> see, here, here's the deal. We are going to face challenges in this life, but, but God, <clears throat> Ephesians 6, what does it say? It says, be strong in the Lord. You're in him. You are in the Lord. So you can count on his strength being there to support you. You know, uh, for any of you, uh, Carissa, I don't know who else has lived in Oklahoma. You know, we get, you get storms here, but we get, we get stupid thunderstorms there all the time. 100 mile an hour winds. And one day I had, I had these big French doors at the end of my house. And out in my driveway, I had two mature pin oaks. And usually those storms, you know, they'd say there were 100 mile an hour winds, but they usually weren't at my house. It was somewhere, just not at my house. But this day... Those winds were right there. I mean, the house is making all these whistle, crazy noises. And I look out the window, and those oak trees, I am not joking, are almost on the ground. I mean, these aren't little trees, guys. These are big, mature oak trees, right? They are, I did not know a tree could bend like that, and they are almost on the ground. Not a branch broke. See, see, the enemy can throw anything he wants to at you. Life can throw anything it wants at you. You can get the wind, 100-mile-an-hour wind, and you know what? <clears throat> David, back to Psalm 91. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Put your name in there. It will not come near Ilona. It will not come near Jeff. Put your name in there. Stand on it. You know what? He gets excited. I'm telling you, he just gets excited when people believe him and trust him. He wants you to do it. He can't wait for you to do it. You know, I, uh, I, I, I was on a flight that had insane turbulence, absolutely insane turbulence. People are crying and throwing up and wailing around me. And I'm sitting there laughing because I know I'm fine. And you know that the Bible talks about peace that passes understanding? I couldn't really even understand it, but I wasn't nervous at all. I mean, it's just, I mean, it was seriously crazy. But it was fun, almost, because it was like six, six Flags. But, uh, you know, world's of fun. Here I go. I, I have a friend who... who uh, a friend who works at the, the American Airlines maintenance uh, base in Tulsa, and I ask him, how, how much can those wings actually move before they break off? He goes, from, from the top point to the bottom point, 17 feet. I'm like, okay, that's a really big distance. I think they, they came real close to maxing it on that trip. But, but you know what? I, I wasn't afraid. You know, King David, uh, before he was king, well, he was crowned king, but he wasn't king yet on the throne. Saul was still out trying to kill him. He and his men went to a city and lived at Ziklag for a while. David and his men were out for, uh, I don't know what they were doing. They were gone, fighting a battle somewhere probably. And when they got back, the Amalekites had raided their, their town and taken all of their wives and children. And the men were angry. 
and they were talking about stoning David. He was alone, and so what did he do? It, it, the Bible says he strengthened himself in the Lord. And then what did he do? He didn't disconnect. He went to the Lord and said, okay, God, what do I do? Came up with a plan, carried out the plan. Got all the wives and children back with no harm, no foul. Everybody's good. The men were good again. But, but you see, he started. He strengthened himself in the Lord. All right? When stuff hits us, it's going to hit you. All right? Maybe not today, but there's always tomorrow. You know, and that's not a lack of faith. Jesus said that. Stuff's coming. But strengthen yourself in the Lord. Go to him for the answer. He's got the answer. You think there's something that's too hard for him to figure out? Really? Now, there's stuff that's too hard for me to figure out. We got stuff in our family going on that's too hard for me to figure out. I don't know what the answer is, but he knows. So I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. I'm going to stay connected. I'm going to go to him. All right? That's what we do. One more verse. Ephesians 5.10 says this, and, and you can go there if you want. But, but you know, we... Uh, we uh, as we're in that vital relationship with the Lord, we start learning who he is and what he likes and what he doesn't like, all right? If you're married or, you know, even if you have roommates, you, you get to know them and you start knowing what they're like, okay? Find out what pleases the Lord. Another translation says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Another translation says, learn how to please the Lord. Isn't that good? See, see, it's, it's, it's a relationship. He's not just the big guy up in the sky, you know, the man upstairs. Okay, no, no. He, he's our God and our friend. And, and as we get to know him, see, we're going we're gonna to let things go in our lives. He, he was talking to me one day about something. He goes, why don't you just let that one go? He didn't get mad at me. He didn't jump up and down. didn't threaten me. Why don't you let that go? Okay. It's him. It's easy. See, because he's so good. And, and, and he, he just wants you in him. He wants you connected to him. He wants to strengthen you and help you and lift you up above your enemies, above all those people around about you, those people you work with. He's, he, he'll pass them up to give you a promotion if that's his will and that's his plan. See, because he, he's all about you. But we got to stay connected. So when you hear him knocking, open the door, let him in, hang out, talk to him. Because he loves you.